Avery's been wanting to share with us for a long time about who God is. Of course, the Bible tells us who God is from one cover to the other. But for Avery and for Avery, for many, these are some of the most important words that we can share. From the New International Version, this is from John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Hear these words. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. He sent His Son into the world to save the world through Him. And from 1 John, the same writer as the letter we just read from, chapter 4. We love because He first loved us. Avery? Good morning, everyone. I think it's pretty obvious from the service so far today about the overriding theme is love. Uh, I have been curious for about a year because I've been thinking about this message for over a year and why or when the opportunity to deliver this message would ever be. And I think the Lord knew far better than any of us because I don't think there's any more time in our history that we need to concentrate any more on love than we do right now. Even when the pastor was talking here with the, the kids this morning and I was thinking about it, you know, they want to have more fun. And isn't, isn't there more fun with love than there is hate and discontent? More fun, more love, more love, more fun. Uh, back in Simi Valley, where Sarah and I came from, people knew that I was a Stephen minister and had uh, church services uh, at a retirement home. And they have balloon flights just like they do here in Yuma. And so in one balloon flight, I went up on it and found out that uh, after we got up there, we had a little bit of trouble and found out the pilot was on his first commercial flight. And he had his pilot's license for a balloon because he couldn't get his driver's license back because of drunk driving. Uh, when we had this little problem, people says, Avery, you know, you're a minister, you do things in church, do something churchy. So I asked them all to hold hands. We said a prayer. We sang a verse of amazing grace. And then I took up an offering. Okay, could I ask you please to pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, help us to be near you and to listen fully to your voice. Help us to hear what you would have us hear, not just what is said. Please help me to say what you would want us to hear. Grant us the ability to not only know your will, but the courage to follow it. In thy name we pray. Amen.
we've already read John 3.16, and I always like to include 17 right with it. I think they go right together. You can't take one from the other. I've used many different translations, but to go back over it again, this is how much uh, God has loved the world that he gave his only son, and this is why, so that no one may, need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't send his son into the world to rub sin in, but to rub it out. There are other references to what we're going to be talking about on the last page of your bulletin. So if you'd like to read some of it later, uh, they're there for you. Can't tell you what God is, really, except we say God is love. And I think that's the best description in the world. God is love. Uh, in what he is to me, maybe it'll help you understand better uh, for what he is to you. And like I say, we've been thinking about this for year, uh, over a year, and I think this is a very good time to, to actually have it. So God planned that that way. Jesus tells a story in the 15th chapter of Luke about a father that had two sons. The younger son, and I can identify with the younger son because I'm the youngest of 12, and so I know what the younger person, younger one gets. Some people say I was spoiled, but I'd never agree with that. Uh, but the older son, I think I could agree with and identify more. The younger one wants his inheritance so that he can go off and have a good time. The older one, naturally in Jewish society, gets the main part of the inheritance. But when the younger one asks for the inheritance, in Jewish society, this is, a, this is one of the biggest insults that he can give to the father. But yet, the father has love for this son. And so he gives him his inheritance. And this love, the best way I can equate it for this particular father is those of us in here that are parents, that love was instant. As soon as our child was born in the delivery room and we held him, that love was so powerful that it, even at that second, we would have gladly given our life for that child. And this, that's how this father's son, love for his son was. Uh, he was humiliated, but yet he loved him and he wanted his son to do so. He gave his son what he asked for, probably some cash and some jewels and maybe some uh, coupons to clip bonds and turn them into the, uh, uh, for his, there, for additional money. So he got in his Corvette and he drove to Las Vegas. As what happened in Las Vegas, the money goes faster than anything. And so the money went, maybe sold a car, gambled that away, and wound up broke. As he was broke, he didn't have anything to eat, and so he got a job feeding the pigs. And for a Jewish person, you can't get much lower than that, feeding the pigs. But he said, I would rather be able to eat from the pigs, at least I wouldn't starve. But why should I do this? My father's servants have much more than I have. Why don't I go back home to my father 
and tell him, Father, I have sinned against you. I'm not worthy to be called your son any longer. Treat me as one of your hired hands that I may eat and live. So he gets on a Greyhound bus and he gets within a few miles of his house and he gets off and he's walking up this long dirt road and his father sees him from a long way off. And his father runs to meet him. There's two things there. Why did he see him from a long way off? Because the father's love was missing that child and he was looking for him. If you look for something, you, in order to find it, you have to look for it first. And he was looking for that child. And as the father runs to him, which again is something that a Jewish father doesn't do, especially to a wayward son, as the father runs to him, the son starts his apologies. Father, forgive me. I have sinned against you. But the father cuts him off. He doesn't get a chance to go through his full apology. The father says, bring a robe, bring the jewels, bring the, the sandals to put on his feet. This is my beloved son that was dead, dead, and now he is alive. I'm so happy to have him back home. Kill the fatted calf and let's have a celebration. Do you know what the fatted calf was? It was not just the fatted calf. The fatted calf was the very best that they had to offer. The very best cow or calf. And so bring the very best uh, for this feast. The older son hears this party going on and comes back in and asks the father, how come you're having this for your son that went out and squandered everything? For me, you wouldn't even give an old goat so I get to celebrate with my friends. But this all shows the love of the father. Another thing that shows not only love of the father but forgiveness of the father is we go back into the Old Testament and we look at David and Bathsheba. David was so loved, they said he was after God's own heart, and he was the chosen person out of all of history to Jesus to be born of the house and lineage of David. David was so loved, he was the king. But David one day was out on his rooftop overlooking the city, and they were in war at that time, which I think most of the time they were in war of some sort. But they were in war at that time. And as he was looking things over, he sees this lady out on her rooftop bathing. And it was a cleansing bath that was a ritual uh, every month after their cycle. And so we know that she wasn't pregnant at that time. Uh, but... As she's out there, she must have been a very, very beautiful woman because David was very attracted to her. David had many, many, many wives and lots more concubines than wives. But David sent his servant to bring over to him Bathsheba. Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, was out fighting the war and after Bathsheba was brought over, she became pregnant. And so she was sent back home, and Uriah was brought in. Uh, 
so that David had him brought in so he could go back home, and that way Uriah might think it was his child. Uriah was such a loyal servant that he slept right beside David's door, wouldn't have anything to do with all that. And so as a result, uh, that union, let's go back and look and see how many possible commandments that David broke with that. The commandments are listed in the 20th chapter of Exodus. The first four commandments, I'm not sure that David broke those, but there's very good possibility he did. Uh, but the next six, honor thy father and thy mother. Oh, I, I think he dishonored everybody. Murder, well, he had Uriah killed the husband of Bathsheba. Adultery, well, we know he did that one. Steal, he stole Uriah's wife because at that time a wife was more than a wife. She was a, a possession. She belonged to him, and David stole from Uriah. Thou shalt not lie. I'm pretty sure that he lied a bunch. And not to lust after your neighbors, well, I know he did that. And remember, these are the Ten Commandments. I've never heard them called the Ten Suggestions. These are things that they must do. But even, even with that, even breaking almost every commandment, God's love and God's forgiveness was still with the house of David and David's house. That son that was born of that adulterous union David had to pay a price. There is a price for sin. That son died, but David had other, other sons because Jesus was born of the, from the house and lineage of David. So God not only loves, God forgives. The third thing I want to weave into this to show his love, his forgiveness, is the thief on the cross. When Christ was crucified, the common thing that we believe is that there was a thief on either side. I don't know that to be a fact, but there were two thieves there. The Bible mentioned the two thieves. One of them said that if you're, he mocks Jesus, if you are the, the son of God, if you are the, the king of the Jews, if you have all this power, well, this command that we come down off of this cross, if you are. The other thief says, this man has done no harm. This man has done nothing wrong. This man is pure and sinless. We, meaning the, the other thief, we have done something wrong. We deserve to be here. He doesn't. And so the other thief turns to Jesus and says, remember me. Jesus at that point says, this day thou shalt be with me. Now, when he says this day, to me, that's telling me I can't walk, I don't have to, and I can't work hard enough to deserve it. It's not like my job when I could work my way up. It's not like a social club where I could work into a higher thing. God gives his love. It's not earned. He gives it, and it's freely given to each of you. And we do not have to earn it. It was given. 
And it's given why? Because of John, what God says in John 3, 16 and 17, and John 4, 1 John 4, 19. But God further defines love when, it, when we're talking about the commandments and when the Pharisees were asking him about the greatest commandment, the greatest commandment, of course, is love your God. But Jesus said the second commandment, second greatest commandment, is like unto it, which means it's just about the same thing, or it is the same thing. And the second commandment, second greatest commandment, is love thy neighbor as thyself. So I'd like to go to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and talk just a little bit in closing about love. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't have love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I am bankrupt without love. Then also, if we go into the Bible more to define love, this is more commonly done at weddings. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than self. Love doesn't want what others have. Love doesn't strut, gloat, force self on others, and is never me first. Love is never quick to anger, doesn't keep score. Well, you did that to me. I can do that to you. Well, you've done so many things to me. I don't have to care for you anymore. Love doesn't keep score, doesn't embellish the truth. Love puts up with everything. Love always trusts God, always looks for good in others, never gives up, and keeps going forward. So the three things I think to get out of this is trust God completely, hope unswervingly, love extravagantly, but the greatest of these is love. But what are you to do with this now? Well, hopefully you can apply love in many, many ways, but if you would like to Maybe get a little bit more information. You, many of you have the pink prayer cards. If you put on it, pray for me, and give it in to one of the pastors or myself. We have Pastor Mike. We have Pastor John up here. Or give it to myself. If you sign it or not is immaterial because God knows who's you, who you are. But if you do sign it and put your name to it, you can count on getting a call for us from one of us in how to love God more and how to show God's love. So I thank you and may God's peace and love be forever with you and I thank you for your attention.